0: Welcome to The Leadership Line, a podcast that covers everyday work issues. From dealing with jerks at work to feeling burnt out, Tammy and Scott's experience, along with their different perspectives, help listeners grow, examine realistic options and alternatives, and identify those actionable solutions to the tough issues we face every day at work. Okay, so lately, a lot of organizations have made the comment that it's hard for their staff to stay focused. What can an organization do about something like that? Oh, Courtney, that is, a, that is a really interesting question. And we are hearing that from a lot of executives and managers that they're seeing um, a distractibility in the organization. I mean, think about a typical meeting. You have people who are literally in that meeting trying to multitask. Um, you know, I, they're answering their phone. They're texting someone across across the way. They're checking their emails. I mean... Back in my day, we didn't, you know, if you looked at your watch, that was a sign of like disrespect. And now with i what are they called, Scott? Apple Watch. Apple Watches. <laughs> <laughs> now with Apple Watches, it's like everybody's checking their watch. It's the strangest thing.
1: Is this where I say, okay, boomer?
0: <laughs> yes, ex. Yes, thank you very much for calling me old. And by the way, I am very proud of being old. So go I'm, ahead, okay, yeah. mess with me all you want. I,
1: I am not a boomer. I'm an Xer, so, you know. Yes,
0: which yeah. is why you give me crap.
1: And, you know, poor, sad me. I'm in the, you know, our generation really never came anywhere, right? Boomers rose to power and then left the millennial tsunami came in. <laughs> and,
0: that's true. <laughs> and if you want to take a look, the Xers have actually are in charge of a whole bunch of companies. Yeah, oh yeah. The Xers are, are really. Correct. So congratulations true. Xers. <laughs> yeah. So, but Scott, seriously, like, how do you how do you handle that in this world where everything is like saying, look at me, look at me, look at me?
1: Yeah. And, and you know, the so tongue in cheek, the first thing I think of when someone says focus is the Karate Kid movies where Miyagi says, daniel son, focus.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, I love that movie. And that is something that actually ages you as well.
1: Yes. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Totally. Absolutely. And I think. to me, what's so fascinating is when you look at what distracts us, what are, and it's really becomes, um, information and input overload.
0: Yes. I agree with you.
1: And so if you think about, um, just a couple, I want (laughs) to talk about just a couple things that I find very fascinating around this. Okay. Uh, Every day, 5,000 new books are published. Holy crap. Okay. Every uh, <laughs> every minute, 400 hours of video are put on YouTube. <laughs> okay. So, and the average person interacts with a hundred or more emails a day.
0: Scott, that's insane.
1: Okay. So you have all of this shit flying at us. Yep. And so then we end up distracted. And then on top of it, You have family, you have friends, you have COVID, you have politics, you have, is there going to be a war in Ukraine? I mean, we have all of that stuff just pounding at us all the time.
0: Bombarding us. Total
1: bombardment. Yeah. Which is a great Simpsons episode. Someone can go YouTube search that one.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You are like this encyclopedia of connections. Okay.
1: (laughs) It's one of my favorite episodes. Um. And so, you know, part of it is you have to be able to separate. You, you as an individual, have to find a way to say, how can I focus? How can I stay on topic? The other thing that hits me is, so what's the benefit? So what if I'm distracted? I watched a TEDx last night on hypnosis. Of course you did. Of course I did. (laughs) Of course you did. What's the benefit? So to me, the first thing is... Hey, hey, people are distracted. So what? What's the real problem? Is it distraction or is it we're not getting things done? Is it people aren't satisfied? What's really the benefit of boosting focus?
0: So I, I actually like that we're starting there. And and Scott, for me, I think part of the of the dissatisfaction that we have with our life as a human being is that I am so spread out i am pulled in so many ways i feel this chaos and in that chaotic moment a part of that is because i'm choosing and that's a hard thing for someone to hear but they're choosing to say i do i want to do that and i want to do that and i'm going to do that and i'm going to do that they're choosing to let themselves be pulled in all of these directions and that dissatisfaction with all this, I'm too busy, it feels chaotic. It's this spot that says, I'm not being ruthlessly discerning in what's truly important to me. And that peace is, I think, the number one. If you feel pulled in all of these directions and you can't get your feet underneath you, and you constantly feel like you're getting tugged in all these ways, and you want to just have some peace. I think that is one of the number one things as an individual, right? That's the world knocking. Hey, you can make a different choice. What choice are you going to make in this? Because you can be the master of your world if you choose, but it is a choice and then you have to do something about it. So from a personal standpoint, I think it's if you're in that spot, that's the benefit. To stop the noise, stop the chaos, stop the storm. Now, organizationally, because that's where we started it, Scott, what's in it for a company, for an individual inside of a company?
1: If enough individuals reduce their distraction or, or become ruthlessly discerning and they boost their focus, I think there's a side effect that we become more more productive, but I think that can be a fallacy. I can be productive and still be busy just doing stuff.
0: Correct. But is it the right stuff?
1: I think the benefit of having that discernment is saying, I'm doing the most important things for the team, for the organization, for maybe my career, maybe the customer, all of those things. And if I'm doing the more important things, you're, As an organization, you're going to be able to grow.
0: Yeah. Achieve, do more, beat the competition, whatever that piece is. And I have a visual in my brain that I've always seen, right? It's like, are all the fish swimming in the same direction or are they swirling? Yeah. Right. And in an organization, when we actually are all swimming in the same direction, we get further. When we're swirling, right? We're in that spot. And I think that's that to me is the image of that distractibility inside of an organization is that we feel like a tornado and we don't feel like we, you know, are getting anywhere and wherever we land, we land, but look at the destruction that happens with that tornado versus, Hey, we're the jet stream and we're headed this direction. And that jet stream kind of image, all going in the same direction allows us to do more and with the same resources without killing people, which is, that's the intention of this. So there is consequences to distractibility.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, there's there's a war for talent. And everyone I talk to, I haven't yet talked to a client or an organization or, or a peer that isn't saying we're struggling to find enough people. Now I'm going to go way out on a limb. Uh-oh. I don't believe people need as many people as they think.
0: Oh, Scott. <laughs>
1: because... <laughs> because <laughs> Because of this distraction and wasted excellence and all these things. Now, I also appreciate that is not a flip the switch and I can fix it tomorrow. So I think what naturally happens is, hey, I need 10 people on my team. And yeah, today you probably do need 10. And as you whittle away those distractions and the wasted excellence, what will happen is, well, instead of needing 12 tomorrow, I still only need the 10 and it's actually easier.
0: You know, it's Scott, this is going to be, I, I don't know if I've ever told you the story. I actually had an opportunity to um, tour a brand new Nike distribution center. So think about that, right? It's like, here's all this stuff. They have thousands of SKUs and they have to, in order comes in, they have to go pick those SKUs and get it in a box and send it to people. Okay and i had not been kind of in this kind of center before so i was absolutely fascinated and and uh, when i went in i had to leave my cell phone behind and i could you know there was all these things cuz it's kind of secret it was kind of cool to go in and experience all of this and as i was asking questions about how you know the center works and how it's staffed and how do they manage the people they told me the number of individuals that they had when they first started and they told me that they actually had 50% less staff nine months later. And I said, What do you mean? I, I don't I don't get that. And they said, We figured out how to use our time more efficiently and more effectively. And we learned what we needed to do and what we needed to not do. And in that spot, that was able to, us to really focus on the things that would allow us to best meet our KPIs, our outcomes, the things that we are trying to create, and it allowed us to reduce our overhead. That Nike distribution center at the time was the number one distribution center in every single indicator across the country. And it actually happened as they reduced staff because they focused, right? They got rid of what was not important and they simply focused on what was important. So I agree with you, and that is by far. If we walked into an organization right now and said, "Hey, you actually could get more done with less staff," most people would kick us out immediately.
1: Oh, totally. Yeah, and and, and that's I think when I think about that is what to focus on, which is a second step. I can't say, let's focus on this until I can actually focus.
0: Okay. You got a little <laughs> deep there, Scott. <Scala. laughs>
1: I mean, so we can say, yeah, you don't need and take out wasted excellence, but uh, we still haven't solved them.
0: Yeah. <laughs> right. So the outcome and just to, to go there and then we're going to go back, right? When we actually can take out the distractibility so that we are focusing on the right thing we actually build capacity in the organization. And the capacity in the organization can allow us to then say, what's the next right thing that we can do? But we don't get to level up. We don't get to go to that next right thing until we actually utilize what we have here. And that requires getting rid of the stuff that keeps us swirling. And getting in this place where we can like be more like the jet stream, moving forward together as a whole. And Scott, you said early on, you were like, well, you just have to say, I'm not going to be distracted. It's not a matter of willpower, is it? I
1: I believe it is. There is an element of willpower.
0: Okay. I think it's going to
1: be different. Well. I have to have the willpower to, to want to do it and then stick with whatever method you pick. You have to find a method. Okay. To, to be focused. I know what, I know what mine is. Okay. What's so yours? Me, if I need to get something done for me, it's headphones, headphones in and I'm, I'm shutting out everything around me and I'm going and I can tell you From experience, years of experience, when I do that, I can probably get a week's worth of typical typical work done in about four hours.
0: Oh, Scott, Mister Braggart, listen to you! Well, no, no,
1: no, no, no. (laughs) It it it, it's not about saying, "Oh, I'm just that much more." It's because I don't have all the other. I don't have meetings. I don't have people coming and interrupting. I don't like. I mean, I don't answer my phone. I don't answer texts. I mean, I all of that stuff goes away. I'm not saying I'm I'm doing the volume of work if I was that focused for a week. I'm just saying I've taken out all the fluff that happens to people in a week.
0: So what that really means, okay, is that you are doing what inside of an organization we would call time blocking.
1: Oh, totally. Yeah.
0: And we are literally coming in and saying, all right, I'm going to take two hours. I'm going to take four hours. Whatever it is that you can actually put on your calendar, Mm -hmm. right? And in that space, I am not going to do anything else but, and fill it in with a productive activity, not a busy activity, not a catching up activity. It's like, this is work that needs to be completed. So I'm going to take that time and I'm going to make that and time block it and say, that's that. And honestly, sometimes people time block and then they fill it in with, I'm going to do my paperwork, catch up with my emails, all that kind of stuff. That's not what we're talking about. We literally are saying, I'm just going to time block this and take all the distractions out and do productive work. That is a really, really good methodology. And right, that does take a certain amount of discipline to one, put it on your calendar, and to two, say, I am not going to allow distractions to step in. I'm not going to take the phone call. I'm not going to look at the email. I am not. And I actually find that I had to isolate myself when I was inside of a business. I would go find a corner, you know, and like spend that time alone so that I could actually also teach others to not bother me during that time period.
1: Yeah. And I think the other the other thing I find super helpful I will do this before I get in that focus session. I write down what I need to accomplish. So anytime I feel like, first thing I do is I just stop and I write, write down what, what is it? And that, I have found that very effective with staff as well. I'm so busy, I can't get the, I don't know what to do. Stop, write. What actually do you have? What work do you actually have? And it's not to minimize It's just to, let's go to the logic part of your brain Mm -hmm. and let's, let's capture what is it Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be perfect. Doesn't have to be all encompassing. Okay. Now we have a list of eight things, 10 things, whatever it is. Now let's prioritize.
0: Yeah. It gives you control back. Yeah. Right. Now I'm going to give you another one that I do. And by the way, this one makes people in my family specifically, very, very angry. And it comes back to being a boomer. You know, I grew up in a generation where phones did not follow you, phones were connected to the wall. And so when you left work, the phone didn't come with you, right? And so you also had on those phones, even at work, there was this thing called do not disturb, right? It was this great button that you could hit. And literally, when clients called, it would say, Hey, Tammy is busy. She will reach back to you, you know, sometime later today. I think that we've gotten to the place where the phone is our boss. (laughs) The phone rings, I have to answer. A text comes in, I have to respond. The phone becomes the thing that drives our behavior. And honestly, I think we have to recognize that this is a tool. It is not this thing where it decides how we spend our time. We need to be the person that decides how we spend our time. And so I have told my clients, hey, phone calls I traditionally am not able to respond to. And if there's an emergency, text me. But let's talk about what an emergency looks like. And I will get back to you when I can on that text, which doesn't necessarily mean in the next two minutes. It truly means it could be at the end of the day and setting those boundaries. So these again, this is boundaries, right? It's boundaries about time blocking. It's boundaries about how we use our technology, our emails, our phone, all of that in terms of not letting that be the thing that drives our behavior. We choose our behavior and we then manage that. And that wraps up this week's episode of The Leadership Line. Feel free to reach out to us in the emails provided in this podcast description box with topic ideas or questions for us. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week.